0: listen to them, because everyone wants to be heard. And when you feel heard, then you feel valued.
1: In this episode, you'll hear Yoranda, an administrative assistant supervisor, and Alicia, a medical assistant, share their perspectives on raising children of color. Me and my husband have been together for 25 years. We have a daughter who just turned 24, a son who is 18 and just started his first year at ASU as a freshman during this pandemic, (laughs) online classes, and then we have our bonus baby, a three-year-old. I am recently divorced. After 10 years,
0: I have uh, four children, two sons, two daughters, and they range from 30 to 18. The youngest, who is my daughter's,
1: started ASU online classes, too. Well, I am mainly Caucasian myself. My husband is full Black, which makes my children mixed. But as we know, the world sees them as Black. That was actually hard for me to come to terms with, and me and my husband have had a lot of those discussions when they were younger. I didn't really understand it, but as they get older... I certainly see that that is the way it is. And so my children do refer to themselves as being African-American, being black, rather than saying that they're mixed or Caucasian. I can say having a mixed daughter, I feel a little more comfortable. I don't have the same fears that I do for my sons. Right. Having an 18 year old son who is six foot tall, big, strong, beard, Is no longer a cute little boy to the world he is a big black man and he is looked at as that and we actually just had a discussion one of his recent assignments was to write about how things were different when he was a child to how he perceives them now and his paper was written on police and he said it when he was a child in an elementary school the police were fun to him he was able to get in their cars and they were Um, proposed differently, but he says, as an adult, his interactions have changed. And with the New World events, such as George Floyd and many other people, he looks at police and situations differently. I'm
0: here. So I'm African-American and I have four African-American children. My sons are both adults and they both had interaction with law enforcement. When I raised them, I raised them to be respectful to everybody, not just law enforcement, that there was no difference in the way that you treat people, and you should expect that in return. However, it's not always necessarily so. My son, Sean, that's in the Army, he acts often with law enforcement. He diffuses bonds for a living in the army. So quite closely, he interacts with them. And he says, when interacting with them, it, it could be good, it could be bad. He enters his interactions with them the same. It just depends on the person that they're interacting with, how he's received, because some people are afraid, quite naturally, of bigger, Uh, More dominant looking male. Um, Another thing. That um, my son likes to reiterate is that you just hold your own and you have to stay calm in the situation. So that you can have an interaction with them. I can't say that they're not worried that something may go wrong because you don't ever know what someone else is thinking but because they have to always be thinking that I need to do make the right moves so that I don't make a, this person nervous or make them scared. So for me, that's always scary. I pray every day. So do I. <laughs> for all of them, and not just for my sons, for my daughters, too. Um, with everything going on right now, you have people on the streets, That have their signs, they're protesting for and against. They don't know where your child or your person stands. So uh, I stay diligent in, in keeping her informed and letting her know, be aware of your surroundings. Be concerned about what someone else is thinking because with everybody walking around with these phones in front of their face, they're not thinking about their
1: surroundings necessarily. Absolutely. Did you have to have the law enforcement talk and the behavior with your children on should they ever be pulled over and countered by law enforcement, how they would react? So that's a really good
0: question. I actually did not have that conversation with my children, to be honest with you. It came from male family members, because me as a woman telling my sons, because I'm a mother. (laughs) Um, is a little bit different than them having a conversation with a man who has experienced it already. So what I did do is just offer support and reminded them when they walk out of the door every time. Remember who you are. Remember who you're yep. representing
1: That's who very good. Who. And I can say I myself didn't have the talk either. I am obviously not African-American. I don't know the experiences. I may witness them, but I do not experience them. So it was my husband that had the discussions with my children as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough talk, but we do what we have to do to make sure that they feel secure and uh, know that they are loved and valued in a society that sometimes does not make them feel that way. Recent
1: events didn't increase the in discussion we already had because these things have always happened. It's just now they're more televised and more people hear about it. So it didn't increase or change the matter in which we spoke about it at all because we've always had to address these issues. Because people were coming to me to
0: check on their Black friend and under the assumption that it affected me differently than it affected them. And it's sad, but like Alicia said, it didn't affect me different because this has been going on in our families for so long. And I'm not going to say that we are numb to it because it does still affect us. It took for the death of a man on Facebook Live for people to get it, for people to see what we've been saying for hundreds of years. It's my sincere hope that more people get it and that they not only get it, but put action to it. Because it is, we us saying it for all these years never changed anything. It can't be us that fixes it. It has to be the majority. Ultimately, I believe most people want the good. And so we like to see good happen, although it's not our reality, but we could change it we can change this with action. Tell me about something that's um, been rewarding as being a parent of children of color.
1: I think experiencing and learning the culture has been probably the most beautiful thing. I have made sure that my kids have been around their African-American part of the family. I mean, obviously I'm married to their dad, which makes it a little easier, but I like to make sure that my daughter was around her grandmother and her aunties on that side so that she could experience things more than just me and my culture, um, because I want them to experience both sides. And I think sometimes people do keep that hidden. Mixed children sometimes have it a little tougher In some senses, not all, Um, but (laughs) I do not mean all. (laughs) There's been times where my daughter felt like she didn't fit in on either side. So my son, I can't say that that's the case. He's never felt that way. He's always fit in um, where he is. But my daughter did have some issues where she didn't fit in either way, no matter where she went.
0: So for me, some of the most rewarding things have been that they have excelled in spite of. Yes. Our, our circumstances they make me so proud because they're good human beings not just a black man or a black woman but good and decent human beings and watching them interact with people of diverse cultures and then coming back to share with me their excitement and that teaches me so for me that's been part of the most rewarding
1: my recommendations would be to listen to your children, observe things, be open-minded, understand that there's more than just one point of view, just really to be open and understanding, to learn, to educate yourself, and also to teach your children to be nice. Right. Teach your children to be nice to everybody, whether you are raising whatever, per- purple, pink, whatever color your child is, whatever the, right. their ethnicity is, that you raise them to be nice to each other. My first
0: thing is always is to um, honor God, because Amen. in that they will definitely learn to be nice. They will also know how to forgive. And then the last thing is to tell the truth. Oh, yes. You tell the truth so that they know what they're going into versus um, feeling like society or anything is going to be easy because this life is not easy. It's a journey
1: that we take day by day by the grace of God. (laughs) Absolutely. My hope is that we don't have to continue having these conversations. (laughs)
0: Amen.
1: <laughs> my hope is that it's resolved, that people love each other, that there's non-bias on skin color, education, poverty level, socioeconomical economical status, that these conversations just don't have to be had because there's just the love for people for being the human race. When you said that, it brought to mind for me uh, Martin
0: Luther King's quote where he says, uh, I can't wait for the day for my daughters to go to school and not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that's something that I too look forward to for all humanity, as well as that their hope for the
1: future is that there is still hope for the future. As you reflect on this conversation, consider how these experiences are different or similar to your own.